if you are pulling your gear out of Tupperware containers and handing harnesses to your participants from those containers, then you are doing it wrong. And I'm going to now talk about in this episode, gear storage and how it affects participation. So this is a very common uh, issue that I run into when I'm on the road and I'm training at locations is the first thing I'm often going to do is have a look at one, the course. So checking where the elements are, how do we get there? How do we access them? What's like kind of like the programmatic feel? Is there different heights of climbs? All of those kind of things. And then from there, I move on to gear storage. So I just want to see how is all of the gear stored? Where is it located? And how that might affect program, the efficiency of the program, and also the willingness of the climbers to climb. So very common is that I will find that gear is stored haphazardly either in a closet, in just a room on the floor, or maybe it's in a shed, but inside the shed there are greenlies or Tupperware containers, and everything's just in a pile. Finding equipment can be a challenge. Organization could be a challenge. And it might be that the people I'm training aren't those people who started storing the gear and they're brand new to the system. So we walk collectively over to wherever I've been told the gear is and come across the mess together. So from also the impression that the new staff end up getting is a lack of professionalism. Even though we should not judge a book by its cover, very often, that is exactly what we do. And very often, your participants will be doing the exact same thing. So if they're coming to your location, site looks a mess, and the organization of the gear is messy, then it translates into their assumption of your ability to be able to keep them safe and also run an effective program. The other thing that is an issue with gear not being stored neatly is that it makes me have a little bit of a red flag when I turn up a location I've never been to and I find that the gear has not been maintained or looked after. It's an often interesting concept that people miss is that everything is a part of a belay system, including the gear. And so you could have the best belaying in the world. You could be incredible facilitators, but if the gear is not looked after, then it may not meet its 10-year manufacturer date expectant timeline. We may have to retire things early. And if a knot is left in a rope, if a harness strap has been left into a buckle when it could be removed, those things will have an impact on your overall gear. There was a location I went to one time where we were pulling harnesses out of a bucket and at the bottom of the bucket, unknown to the staff, was a couple of inches of water. So everything that was touching that water was moldy and rusted, and it all had to be retired. And unfortunately, a large percentage of their carabiners, steel carabiners, were sitting at the bottom of that, completely destroyed. The main thing for me is how is it going to look to the participants coming in? Because a large part of our work is being able to empower participants to be able to take some risky potential challenge. And the reality is that if the gear is in a mess and it doesn't look presentable, then you may get people who are less likely to want to participate. 
if you were to walk into a location for the first time, let's say you're going to a hotel, for example, and you walked into the lobby of the hotel and everything was kind of haphazard, the staff didn't greet you, they looked like they were, the floors were dirty, the chairs, all that kind of stuff. My assumption would be that unless you were held to needing to stay there because you had no other options, that you wouldn't want to stay there. The same thing goes to any of your programs. If you want to encourage people to participate, you need to be able to have that presentation piece that really looks really neat. So let's look at each of the different things that you might find in a gear shed. And I'll talk about my recommendations of how maybe you should store those in your own gear shed. The first thing I will touch on, if you have the budget for it, and I encourage you to try to budget for it for the new year, have a storage that is easier for you to be able to present. So if you opened it up, then people would look in and be really impressed with the organization. An example would just be a shed. Having a gear shed that when you open a door, everything's hanging um, along the walls and maybe stuff hanging from the ceiling or wherever. Those things are obviously going to be a better visual than ever storing things in things like a Greenlee or a Tupperware container. Now, I do understand that for the most part, you're doing those things because you're trying to protect the gear from things such as mice and other rodents that may get into it for the winter months. For us at High Five, we store all of our ropes and all our gear. We take them out of the shed. We bring them off the course when our course is closed and we store them in a secure building. So we don't have that concern. And then when we start open up the course again, we can head back up to the shed and we bring everything out and hang everything back up. So even though we have a gear shed and it is organized really, really well, we don't leave stuff in there. And you certainly shouldn't have to in your course. Just have a winter location or another location. And that way you don't have to worry so much about avoiding rodents and those kind of things. The other thing, this is a just a presentation thing for us. Instead of having like a metal or wooden roof, we have a clear plastic roof on our shed and that allows light to pass through it so the shed doesn't look dingy and dark and it brightens it up a bit as well. If you don't have that option, then you could easily put lights up, portable lights, and then try to make it visual that way. All of those things, once again, the aim is you open up the shed and you shouldn't be sneaking into the shed to grab stuff because you're nervous that someone else might see it. It should be that you can open up the doors and anyone walk past and see everything hanging up and neat. So consider that when it comes to the actual storage container. Every year we run into the issue that too many of our customers need to replace equipment each spring because of rodent damage that costs thousands of dollars over the years. So High Five Adventure has partnered with Rome Adventure to provide you with a dependable equipment storage solution that will protect your investment. This heavy-duty case is ideal for storing your Challenge Course equipment. What I've done is thrown a link into the description of this episode where you can find out more about this case. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me by going to at Vertical Playpen on Instagram and you can direct message me there or you can email me podcast at highfiveadventure.org. Thanks for checking it out and let's get back to the episode. So let's look at each of the things in order. I'm going to start with rope. 
So when you're coiling your ropes, I prefer the butterfly coil rather than the mountaineer's coil from a visual perspective of being able to hang it in a shed and also for the functionality of the coil in relationship to you using a challenge course. I will often teach people to coil starting with the middle of the rope and so that you do the wraps, the final wraps of the coil with the ends of the rope. Now the reason I recommend that is it avoids someone coming in and thinking that they could hang the rope from the middle. Because if you wrap, finish the coil with the middle of the rope, then you're left with a bite, which could be easily hooked up onto a peg. So I recommend coiling and finishing with the ends, so that way there's no option for that. And then to have wooden dowels or any kind of hook or peg against the wall that you then hang the whole coil. So you put the larger part, the larger opening over that so that it hangs nice um, in the shed. Even coils, visually, once again, getting really practiced at coiling your rope helps that visual and it will have an effect on the overall presentation of your gear shed. Now, this is a recommendation for rope is that Dependent on how much how much your course gets used, we recommend having a sing, a rope for every single element that you use, rather than a singular rope that gets used for everything. The benefit to that is that it's easier for you to log, but once again, the visual is very nice too of having multiple ropes hanging up. Now, if you have the don't have the budget for it, there's no need for it. But I, once again, this aim of this episode is to talk about visual presentation of gear. So, if you have it. Um, and have lots of different ropes, hanging them all up in a row and having them nicely labelled really does help the aesthetic. Next, we have harnesses. Recommending that you're having your harnesses maybe in different sizes, organised and hung up as well. If you happen to use a harness that undoes all the buckles, such as the universal head wall, those green, blue and dark blue um, harnesses that are very common in challenge courses, then if you're going to use those, undo them all the way and ensure that when you're putting them, hanging them up, that they're not touching the ground. Anything that really touches the ground in a gear shed, it sort of attracts the potential of a mouse or a rodent if they can get in the gear shed, being able to climb up on things. The reality is a rodent, if they can get in there, they can climb the walls, but it prevents them from just getting dirty and dragged all over the floor all the time. So you're going to hang them up and you're going to hang them completely undone. So if you're using that style of harness, undo all of them, and then hang them. The benefit of doing that is that gravity is going to pull down on those straps and also take out any of the memory, the kinks and the memory that's formed in those straps and make them last a little longer. Carabiners, ATCs, they can go on their own hooks as well. If you're going to hang carabiners in a chain, I like to double them up. So I would take two carabiners and then clip another two to the bottom of that and another two to the bottom of that. That's helpful for different reasons. One, it prevents them, you from having a chain that's going to touch the ground of carabiners. But also, when you grab carabiners, very often if you're using an element that's going to be clipped in, you're going to need two. So you can grab those two from the bottom. It helps for pairing, helps for organization, and helps for you understanding how much gear you are. It's also easy to count in twos. ATCs can get hooked near the carabiners so that the staff know where those are. And then you've got helmets. Having an individual peg for each helmet instead of them being stacked on top of each other is very visual and can be appealing to a group. Also having maybe a table or something set up in the shed where you can put your rope logs so you know that they're there, maybe next to the entrance or the exit, so that you have the option to remember as people walk in to fill in those rope logs. Maybe that table also sits your first aid kit. Have a hook 
for your rescue bag, everything that needs to belong in there, and hooks for your lobster claws. You're a level two and you need to be able to do a gear retrieval. You have easy access to that as well. The last thing I'm going to mention in terms of having it in the shed would be a broom. Because I think it's super important that you make sure that your gear shed stays clean. There is a book called Legacy by James Kerr that I've referenced before in this podcast. But in there, there's one chapter that's called Sweep the Sheds. Now, in relationship to the book, it means that no person is too big to do the little jobs that need to be done. And with the New Zealand All Blacks, which that book is based on, they sweep their shed, which is their name that they give to their locker room. Now, it works perfect for us, though, because it's literally a shed and we have a broom in there. So the intention is that any one of our staff can go in there and sweep it and keep it clean. All of these little things, and they are small little details, but all of them contribute to being able to have a really functioning and inviting selection of gear for your participants to want to be able to climb. And even though you may not think it makes a massive difference, I have gone to sites where poorly uh, presented gear and stuff in Tupperware does detract from the overall experience that the participants are going to embark in. And from my perspective as a professional coming into work there makes me assume that the professionalism is relatively low. And so I have these red flags initially. So trying to have neat gear is always a step up. Whenever I go to a site that has really good gear, my expectation of professionalism, and that means belaying and facilitation, all of the other components, goes up, and I have a sense of relief at this neat gear shed. And so if I'm feeling that, then know that others may be feeling that as well. So have some intention when it comes to storing your gear. Last thing I'm going to mention is when you bring your groups up to your course, you can embark in an activity that allows them to be able to witness all of these things. Like, So I'll gather my group near our shed and I'll just ask them to look up and maybe they'll ask them what they're seeing, look down, ask them what they're seeing, look left, look right. And the aim is to be able to invite them into a space and have them ask any questions. Because when you bring a group into a challenge course, their eyes are always drawn up at the stuff in the air and they want to know what some of this thing is. And you might be someone who's like, well, I'll, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. But for them, they might have, need to have some of their tensions alleviated by you having some questions. So I often let people explore the course, maybe go in pairs and walk around the course and then ask me any questions about stuff they've seen. And then I do the exact same thing, open up the gear shed, have people have a look in if they would like and ask any questions about anything they see. It makes things last a little bit longer, but what it does is it opens you up to be seen as a trustworthy and helpful resource rather than a barrier to be able to get up onto the course. So think about those things in terms of gear, storage, and the impressions you make when you bring to the course, and I promise you that more people will be willing to climb, and you will be seen as a really professional organization, and you'll get more people wanting to come back to your site again. Hope this has been helpful for you. Please let me know. You can always send me a direct message, uh, Instagram, which is at Vertical Playpen, or you can send me an email, podcast at highfiveadventure.org. Please rate, review all of the things, and I will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. And then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast. Can you do it? Okay, try Thanks for giving us a good guy.